We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the week 15 edition of the Pro Football Focus Show here on Roto Grinders. Uh, Ian, dude, crazy. Uh, the flight has been flipped on its head. I know we all like to say that as a joke, sort of in DFS, uh, but some massive stuff coming in in the past couple of minutes uh, when we're recording this for those that listen on the podcast. Uh, we record about Friday, at about three o'clock. We're going to lose a couple of games off the main slate. It looks like uh, the Washington-Philadelphia game, that's going to get moved to Tuesday. The one we really are going to miss is this Rams-Seattle game because this had two basically must-have wide receivers in it. Um, What I think is going to happen, the sites are going to remove these games off the main slate, right, because they want the Sunday slate to end, get the money back in place so you can use it on all the showdowns that will be happening here. Uh, Dude, we got to to come up with some stuff on the fly here. That's what I'm trying to do right now, man. <laughs> looking at that uh, cash game lineup, you know, had Cup, had Jefferson, was looking at Sony in there. That is all as good as gone. So, you know what, Britt? Hey, at least it happened, I guess, today and not Sunday morning. But at the same time, like, what did it take until Friday? Why did it take until Friday for all this anyway? Oh, well, we'll roll with the punches and adjust the ranks as we always do. Yeah, everyone stay safe out there. The new Omicron is uh, spreading fast uh, across the sports world. Uh you think, Ian, think anything, think though anything old sports world will shut down next week? This seems pretty like it, it, it's going through everything right now. I, I don't know. They, they they make adjustments. Hopefully they're making them based on science. That's all I can hope. So, yeah, let's uh, I guess we'll have to see what happens with that. But anyway, uh, let's get into your article here. The mismatch manifesto. Now, I believe let's see here. Do I have I got to make sure I have the right one up here because I think I have the one. Oh, no, I've got the week 15 one. I think on PFF, it says week 14 at the top. You might want to go check with your editor on that. Uh, one. <laughs> in, on, actually, I, I, I might I might have the wrong one personally here. I have to go back in here. Uh, but let the people know what this is. We get new listeners, viewers to the live show here on Roto Grinders all the time. Explain what the mismatch manifesto is. 
and then maybe I'll try to find the right article and we can get into it here uh, on the screen share. Yeah, I'm seeing week 15. I think that's a you problem. That's I a me problem doing, for uh, sure. Just fine over there. But yeah, basically, <laughs> so, you know, every week we start off with this. I think it's a good way of breaking down, you know, the general uh, uh, landscape of the slate before we get into the nitty gritty details. Because yes, I get it. All the context will matter. But also, you know, we love talking about mismatches throughout the league and a number of things. And it always comes down to, okay, this offense ranks this and X uh, variable this defense ranks this and y variable i basically just combine those so we can get these cool conditionally formatted charts and just easily identify where those mismatches are before again providing that extra detail that matters so first things first looking at some of these explosive pass play offenses set up for success seeing aaron Rodgers and kyla murray really above all else standing out this week and i mean to see aaron Rodgers and the packers have that big of an advantage against a ravens defense that as we know without marlon humphreys now for the rest of the year man i just don't know how they're gonna be able to slow down that green bay passing game also seeing joe burrow tua and jimmy g looking more than fine as well some offenses not looking so hot carolina detroit and tennessee and that titans offense man like that has been they've truly been a bottom five unit in epa per play since losing derrick henry they were above average in everything when they had him now the passing game the run game nothing works when you don't have henry there i get it aj brown being out doesn't help as well but man like against tennessee against the Steelers, man, I would have been so ready to fade uh, Pittsburgh in this spot, even like four or five weeks ago. Not really looking that way now. Derrick Henry, the one running back you might want to throw in the MVP conversation at yeah, some point. I guess so. He just he just totally changes everything in that offense there. Uh, all right, scrolling down the rest of your article. Now, this is free if any of you are watching live or on the podcast. It is free over at Pro Football Focus if you ever want to get a little bit more in depth. Uh, one of the main things I look at every week and take into account when I do my DFS lineups is pace the more snaps the more fantasy points in theory we sort of saw that last night uh what a great game that ended up being towards the end there uh, a lot of controversy on field goals or going forward on fourth down i say go for it you want to try to win the game and i believe the chargers were making a lot of the right calls in terms of that what are some games this week that might have a lot of plays and what are some games that might be a little slower than some people expect yeah i forget who said on twitter but they said that we should change analytics just math so now, like after these situations, we can have a bunch of people saying math is stupid and don't listen to math. Like that's all it freaking is, man. We use stats in every day, like regular quote unquote, non-analytic football analysts use stats for their arguments all the time. But when they don't understand a stat, they just start calling it analytics and they pretend like it doesn't exist or matter. So anyway, back to the subject at hand with some of this pace stuff, Cowboys and the Giants really standing out as the fastest moving matchup of the week. Still not sure is a great bring back option on that giants offense for the cowboy stacks but you know potentially maybe we can find something here in the gpp streets also seeing the seahawks and the rams popping off obviously that one is now on tuesday so really cowboys and giants standing out as the by far fastest matchup on the main slate some of the more slow and moving games Bengals and the broncos as well as the packers and the ravens so that Bengals broncos game is interesting man because i feel like burrow chase higgins like i think they can beat anyone when everything is truly clicking but as we've seen throughout the year Bengals such a slow pace and they continue to really just give mixing the ball far too often for my liking on early downs uh, to be too overly confident in the Bengals at my life and to the De the Denver you know they want they just want to hand the ball to their two good running right. backs because they know Teddy can't get the ball downfield at all anymore so that is so one bad. to pay attention to um, in terms of DFS downside possibility uh, let's look at pressure rate getting pressure on the quarterback Good for defense, bad for quarterback, quarterbacks with clean pockets. Uh, obviously, they might be able to excel in the passing game. What's standing out this week? Yeah, best two guys of the week. Brady and Stafford, obviously, we can't use any of them. So Jimmy G, Big Ben, Dak, and Kyler really standing out as the guys that should have the most clean pockets to work from. And keep an eye on, you know, obviously if Elijah Mitchell is going to be back in action, he's someone that we'll be looking at in cash games. Uh, but if he's not, I think this 49ers passing game becomes a lot more, uh, you know, optimistic we should be more optimistic about them in fantasy land i kittle because right now i mean debo samuel doesn't have more than two catches in the game since week he doesn't have more than one catch in the game since week 10 so i and kittle going up against that falcons defense i know we're looking at you know how jeff wilson or mitchell could do on the ground but don't underestimate jimmy g and what he can do from a clean pocket some quarterbacks that won't be having those clean pockets zach wilson russell wilson and Tua. the thing is though like the miami offensive line is so bad Britt. we 
have a team data PFF going back to 2006. The 2021 Dolphins team pass blocking grade is the second worst single season mark in our entire database. Only squad that was worse was the 2019 Dolphins. Uh, maybe Cutler shouldn't have come out of retirement there, but hopefully Tua, he's getting the ball out quick enough anyway. They run all these RPOs. Like as I know the Dolphins offense can be rough to watch sometimes, but just realize not fully on the shoulders of Tua. They really have, I think, made the most out of, again, what's been a historically bad offensive line. Yeah, we'll have to see what they can do without Waddle because Waddle is looking like a true talent in the league. So you'll see that sometimes with teams. We've two has been able to survive this season without a lot of his weapons and a bad offensive line. Is that because of Waddle or is he going to be able to do it with Parker and Gasecki this week? I guess so. so it's the Jets, so I guess we don't really know, but it is uh, something interesting to take note of uh, if you like sort of uh, you know looking at some NFL talent and things like that. Uh, let's look at yards before contact. Uh, running backs dude i'm scrolling down the screen here on DraftKings, and it's just everybody is red so what can we find any diamonds in the rough someone we might want to use someone we might want to fade uh it looks like james robinson is going to be the absolute uber chalk what's his matchup look like in general and then is there anyone else really standing out to you or that we should avoid it's good it's a definitely a top five on the main slate in terms of this some other guys set up well Devontae freeman for the ravens i think that's a reasonable tournament one you know he is sitting down there in the low 5k range we've seen latavius murray yeah vulture score last week but that was literally his only touch of the game it really has been freeman's backfield here as of late and as much as people might want to kind of fade him this week without lamar jackson potentially under center hey i think huntley does run a lot as well but it would make sense to me if they just kind of feed the rock to freeman even more than usual so i think he could be the contrarian uh, note from this also the cowboys looking good i know zeke's not looking good but man one of these days like out of these 15 16 ugly carries he's going to fall into the end zone a couple times so definitely not trusting him in cash but again based on this matchup cowboys being a 10 plus uh, point favorite you know zeke is still projected for a good amount of volume if you just took away everything you knew about zeke and you were like okay we got the lead back of the cowboys 10 point favorite against the giants and all the all the matchup stats are looking good i think a lot more of us would be behind them also seeing the lions popping as pretty good looking like it's gonna be craig reynolds for another week uh you know i'm about a week years i'm about a week old now that i've known craig reynolds is an actual viable fantasy player so uh you know continuing to evolve on that but man it's just such a tough spot for them expecting them to have plenty of negative game script in arizona probably wouldn't go that far down the wormhole and then finally just some running games not set up for success steelers good thing Najee gets so much volume it doesn't matter carolina and the texans so i know we see Royce Freeman having a good week uh, from he had a good week last week you know Rex Burkett had a good week couple um, about a month ago those are oh man we got an angry dog even when I mentioned the Texans running backs man I, I get it but when you look at these Texans running backs I mentioned the two weeks they finished as the RB20 and the RB22 that's the ceiling you're chasing in Houston it's just not worth it so I, I see some David Johnson chatter Royce Freeman's affordable just no matchup isn't good and again there's just no ceiling to chase anyway so what are we even doing here Beagles don't hate anything more than the UPS truck. And I believe, <laughs> it, I believe it just drove by down the street here. So those, those guys love that thing. So uh, hopefully they quiet down in just a little bit. Uh, you, you mentioned Craig Reynolds, total 2004, like tech mobile creative player or something like that. Right. <laughs> exactly. it's, it's Craig Reynolds without question. Exactly. Uh, let's go to the final thing we like to talk about here. The EPA per play. Any advantages, disadvantages we can get on the Vegas lines or maybe incorporate into DFS this week? Like the Chargers, a plus three didn't work out, but I still think that was a uh, you know reasonable. They should have won that game. Right, right. So I hate to be I hate to say the pro I hate to be the process was right guy, but I I do think <laughs> that one uh, makes sense. The Browns are popping, but as we know with the quarterback changes, I don't think that's really a smart bet. The Patriots at plus two and a half, though, I do think makes a lot of sense. I mean, this is arguably the best team in the AFC into, I, I get it. They're going to Indy, but we're talking about number one scoring defense. And I don't really think the Colts are necessarily built to hold this Patriots offense, which can both run and throw the ball. Maybe not the most explosive rate, but at least with a high level of efficiency. Um, I just think the Patriots right now being an underdog against just about anyone um, shouldn't be the case. So the Patriots a plus two and a half are, are one of my best bets of the week. Uh, Browns plus one and a half, not so much uh, considering the situation with Nick Mullins <laughs> under center. They might get everyone back by the time that comes. So who knows? That's who true. knows? That's true. Who knows? Who if knows? They're a dog, if they're a dog with Baker, 
then I, I will be taking. De- depends how many. I, I still think. I, well, I don't know. I still I still need a little bit more than Baker to come back for that. That's, I, I kind of was starting <laughs> to catch myself as I was. Give saying. me Case Keenum at least. At least give me Keenum <laughs> or Baker. Uh, we can move off from there. Uh, but that is the recap of Ian's mismatch manifesto. Again, free on Pro Football Focus every week. If you want to get into more detail on it, I appreciate you lobbying uh, the head honchos over there at PFF to make it free for everyone all season long. Uh, all right, let's get into the sports bet. Uh, I want to give myself a pat in the back for once again, uh, knocking you out on that Bills Buccaneers and our little head to head disagreement we had on that one. Oh, um, for life. <laughs> we'll, we'll get one one of these days. I do, I think I'm looking at yours. I am on board with all of yours this week here. Um, I, I guess I started off last week with my favorite one of the week, and I'm, I'm going right back to the same team. The line's a lot bigger, Ian, but the Cowboys minus 11. They're like, they were going to beat Washington. It got a lot closer at the end. They, uh, they still covered what they were supposed to, but they were, they were going to win that game by like 14 plus pretty easily. So some really weird stuff happened in my opinion, they're going up against the giants who are definitely a worse team than Washington was in my opinion here. They got backup quarterbacks. uh, They got injuries all over the field there. Uh, I like the Cowboys and I think the Cowboys the why I like them is I think they're going to, I hope they stay away from Zeke. They just let this really good passing yeah. game work and really pour on points. So I absolutely love the Cowboys minus 11 this week. Um, the other two I'm really on, I like the Packers. You mentioned Aaron Rodgers is going to be one of the, the best tournament plays of the week now, especially since we're losing guys like Stafford and Russ, and we're not going to be able to use all of them. Rodgers is probably going to boost up in ownership, but he should be absolutely able to dominate through the air with whatever he does, whatever he wants to do against this Ravens secondary. And if Lamar Jackson doesn't play, which I think is probably what's going to end up happening, there's going to be maybe some shorter fields, some easier points for them to score this week. So I, I like the Packers at six and a half. You can still find that line. And then the other one's just the 49ers are just so much of a better team this week. They're just a nine point fa- or a, a nine point favorite. I think they should absolutely destroy Atlanta. And Atlanta basically came and said, out, I know all our good players, right? Corderell Patterson, he's a little older. I know he's our best player, but we're just we're gonna limit his his snaps and his reps. And we've seen that over the past couple of weeks. They just finally admitted what they're doing this week. Uh, the 49ers, it doesn't matter who they have at running back this week. They're gonna absolutely steamroll the Falcons, who I think are pretty much just waving the white flag at this point in the season. So those are my three bets. I think you've got three other good ones here too. There's a lot on the board I like. Yeah, definitely like yours. I, I just realized now, but I got three dogs. You got three favorites. So if I had to go through all the faves, I think I probably would. I'm always uh, a sucker. I like. I tend to bet the favorites and on props. I, I tend to bet the overs. I don't know if I'm a sucker on those, <laughs> but that, that's generally what I what I tend to go into. Yeah, right now, I already kind of talked about Patriots and the reasons why I like them over the Colts. And, you know, it's a Saturday game. But now that we only have one Saturday game, imagine, you know, not betting on that. Couldn't be me. But we also got the Steelers half-point dog. Again, this Titans offense has been a shell of itself since losing Derrick Henry. They come out of their bye week, and they really don't look any better against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So having Julio helps. But my goodness, man, I'm just not confident in Tannehill's ability to score with anyone right now, and that even includes um, the sad reality of Ben Rossberger. So this one, we've seen the game total go down from 47 to 43. I think Pittsburgh should be a home favorite against this current state of the Titans. And then I also like the Bengals plus three. Joe Burrow versus Teddy Bridgewater, man. I know there's more people that have an impact on the game, but I just think the Bengals over these past two weeks, I know they haven't gotten the wins, but they've still been awfully competitive, at least in the first parts of that Chargers game uh, before it got a little bit out of hand, more so in the 49ers comeback. And, hey, with Burrow, man, again, we're looking at one of the better quarterbacks. I think he's already got a conversation for top 10 real life. He's improved on every single metric from rookie to second year. And, you know, Vic Fangio, I know the defense is good, but, you know, I think in today's NFL, I'll take the great offense over the great defense. I don't think Teddy just deserves to be favored against pretty much anyone right now, unless we're talking about the Texans, Jaguars, crop of teams, which the Bengals certainly are not. Yeah, the Bengals, I think they've gotten both you and me for the past couple of weeks. We've been on them. This is the one. I, I, this is I the just week. couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to, I, I still, I, I agree with you on this one. I just couldn't put it in here because they, they fooled me once. Shame on me. Fooled me or fooled me twice. Shame on them. Fooled me twice. Shame on me. I'm not going to let them do it to me again. So uh, I do like them again this week. I just couldn't bring myself to put money on them. So uh, that that's six total bets for you. And I just, I saw an interesting tweet. This has nothing to do with fantasy, but this was from uh, Field Yates. Uh, eight of the next 10 days, 
we'll have football. Is yeah. it going to be good football? Who knows? But we're going to have a lot of football to watch, a lot of showdowns if people like playing those types of slates and, and two-game slates on both uh, Monday and Tuesday. So it is going to be uh, a lot of fun out there in the DFS streets and the gambling streets for everybody out there over the next couple of days due to COVID. Uh, all right, before we get into some of the DFS takes, which we are – actively changing on the fly uh, due to some of the players that will be missing from the slate. Uh, I need to tell you guys about jock market. Uh, Stop throwing your money away. It's time to check them out. The app where daily fantasy becomes a stock exchange. Buy and sell shares of players in real time for real money. Uh, You can download it now. You can get a 100% deposit match up to $50 using promo code grinders. Uh, You can download it from the app or play stores or check out jock market. That's J O C K M K T.com and use promo code grinders for a 100% deposit match up to $50 and get this. If you happen to lose in your first market guarantee, uh, your first time player on jock market, they will refund you up to the hundred dollars. So go check it out for free. Use promo code grinders and get that $50, 100% deposit match. Uh, all right, let's, uh, let's go with a top down approach here. It's not something we normally do, but right. We, we just lost Cooper cup. We just lost DK Metcalf. These were some of probably the heaviest owned players we were going to see all season based on what we were able to do on, on the sites so far. What are some of the teams now that are, are going to, or the players in general that are going to get boosted up in terms of usage? Well, the one that pops into my head is we were all going to play Cooper cup. I know it's a, we'll, we'll go position by position in just a second, but now players like Devonte Adams becomes interesting. If you don't want to spend on that high wide receiver, maybe you could play Najee Harris a little easier at running back and go with some of the mid tier wide receivers. How's everything changing for you on the fly? I think you're right about Adams becoming the natural guy to try to go get up to. Cause when we have Gabriel Davis at 3.7, Devonte Parker at 4.3, James Robinson at 5.4, it's awfully easy to get up there in the salary scale this week. And, you know, so I think Adams, again, just going off a cup who we were already able to get up to. The other question is like, do we want to go all the way up to Najee Harris? Because all of a sudden, man, like running back is so soft this week. You start going down the list and then we got Zeke as someone that we talked Talked about seeing split usage and not looking all that well. Joe Mixon doesn't have the pass down work and he is a road underdog, even though I like the Bengals. Cordero Patterson is running the ball more than ever. He's only got 13 targets over the past three weeks. He's not, you know, really someone deserving of being the fourth highest price back on the slate. Aaron Jones, Saquon, like James Carner, Elijah Mitchell. We need to really go down into like the 5K range before we start seeing guys that I think are cash game viable in terms of we're trying to check every single box and make sure that they're, uh, you know, people were comfortable getting in there. So it's tough, man. Salary is available, particularly if you want to go, because like this week at quarterback, I was kind of between Tua and looking at that stack or Matthew Stafford and going with Cup and Van Jefferson. I was leaning Stafford, not the case anymore. So if you want to go with Tua and Devontae Parker, then man, you just have all sorts of room to spend up on Devontae, spend up on James Rob, uh, spend up on Najee Harris, and maybe even someone like uh, Deontay Johnson. So scary to have, uh, you know, so much reliance on like the Dolphins offense and the Steelers offense, but there's just really such a lack of these high scoring games, Britt. Like you even, even look at the game totals of the week before any of this happened, like to have uh, the Chiefs Chargers on Thursday night and then now to take away Seahawks Rams from us. Like, I just don't like any of these game environments to begin with. So I do wonder if, uh, I guess we have, you know, our Davis, our Parker, our Robinson, not probably our Adams. We have four guys that are super chalky and it's really going to depend on how we're able to complete the lineups because it does seem like uh, we now have a pretty clear cut top four. So guys that cash games will be revolving around. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to call Roger Goodell. Uh, I got him on speed dial here. I'm going to, I'm going to plead for no, Offensive holding penalties this weekend in an attempt to make these games a little bit more watchable. Think he'll, think he'll go for that? Yeah, maybe, man. <laughs> worth, worth the try. Worth the try. Uh, all right, let's jump into quarterback here. And normally we like the cheap running quarterbacks, but uh, I don't know. There's not too many of them this week to choose from, Ian. And we, with all the value that's popping up across the board, I guess we can talk about spending up on quarterback this week you've got josh allen who we saw him he was at a play with his wife or girlfriend on tuesday the the fantasy world spotted him uh without the walking boot he did get cleared from the injury report today on friday so he looks like he's a full go and then we've also got kyler murray 
both these teams are projected to be in blowout victories. Uh, I did look at Kyler Murray and all the games he's, you know, they've pretty much handled the other team at any point in time. Sometimes uh, the other team will come back late in the fourth quarter or something like that. Um, Kyler Murray's pretty much got there every time to give us a reasonable performance where Allen has had some struggles in this one. Um, you've, you've got Kyler Murray in a dome in Detroit. You've got Allen at home in the cold against Carolina. I'm sort of leaning Kyler Murray's 200 cheaper. Where do you stand between the top quarterbacks? This week? I, you, you might even want to throw Aaron Rodgers in the mix, honestly, too. I don't hate that Rodgers call, honestly. Uh, Buffalo, it is worth mentioning. There's not rain or wind, so it is cold, which is not ideal, but it's not too out of the question to be able to go with him. I'm, let's go with Aaron Rodgers, man, because Allen's banged up. Let's go back two weeks ago when we had Kyler Murray like throw the ball 15 times. I know he saved the day with two rushing touchdowns, but they're playing the freaking Lions. Like if there is ever a week that they just don't need to lean on him, I would think it's this one. But hey, to blow out a team like that, obviously you got to put up a lot of points uh, to begin with. I do kind of think uh, as I'm just continuing to workshop new lineups here, going with Aaron Rodgers makes sense. We already want to go up and give to Devontae Adams anyway. I think that deserves to be the highest projected quarterback wide receiver you know uh, just stack in all the entire slate and you can still get basically everyone else we were looking at without too much of a problem man so yeah i'm actually leaning aaron Rodgers over these guys i was thinking him as just gpp to start let's make sure that baltimore weather isn't anything to mess with but yeah i, I think we're pretty good there sunny winds not over 14 miles per hour I like Rodgers, man. This Packers offense, like, they haven't been the same juggernaut as they were in 2020 the entire season. But you look over these past three weeks, and they've scored at least 31 points on each and every occasion. So we don't have, like, a more, I think, condensed QB1 wide receiver one pairing than Rodgers and Devontae, especially now that Cooper Cup is off the main slate. Yeah, so we were both looking at Rodgers in tournaments. I I do agree he has sort of – I think I still like Kyler or Josh Allen maybe a little bit more in cash for some of that rushing upside because Rodgers does he sort of needs that 300 and at least two passing touchdowns which I do think he can probably get there but I always like those quarterbacks that can get a little bit on the ground uh, at least in cash games um so you got Rodgers in tournaments uh I was going toilet bowl fishing for some GPB plays but before I get to that uh who are you looking up in, in tournaments for you know, give me Rodgers either way. I was on Russell Wilson uh, before that game got moved. I thought that made a little bit of sense. But otherwise, man, gosh, just 100% Rodgers exposure this week, maybe. Uh, Tyler, I, I guess Ben Roethlisberger is someone that actually makes a little bit of sense. That's that's the point we've reached, Britt. I think Ben Roethlisberger could be a decent play. We have seen him start to put together some performances. And look, I think in that second half against the Vikings, I mean, he really did play some excellent ball. He had... One touchdown drop by Deontay Johnson. The Pat Fryermuth play, I don't think it was a drop. It was just a great play by Harrison Smith to knock it out at the end of the game. Either way, that was an absolutely great throw by Ben to squeeze that one in the window. So he was the QB6 last week, QB15, QB21, QB8 before that. I mean, at least we're seeing some level of flashes now from big men, um, you know, being able to get the ball downfield and actually put it in the general vicinity of his receiver. So if you want to go with Ben and Deontay Johnson and then Chase Claypool as well, I think, you know, you're only hitting on one chalky guy in Deontay and getting a, a passing in that is generally condensed around the top two options. So Claypool is really, I think, again, a prime GPP uh, receiver in this week. Why not pair him up with this quarterback? Yeah, I'm going to the uh, the garbage toilet bowl. Uh, I, I put on our sheet, pick your weapon, Davis Mills or Trevor Lawrence. Yuck. Uh, Yuck. One thing, one thing for sure, you won't ever get more leverage off a running back than attempting to maybe use Trevor Lawrence and some of these Jaguars wide receivers in tournaments. Robinson is going to creep up into the 40, 50 ish percent ish owned Carlos hideout coach fired all the speak of his teammates wanting to get him in the game when urban Meyer was sort of benching him because he fumbled he's going to get the ball a ton against Houston. So you're not going to get more direct leverage trying to use the passing game. Then hoping there could be maybe some new play calls or, or maybe Jacksonville actually cares to play. I don't really think they cared to play over the past couple of games, honestly, either. Um, so you could take some of that passing game in that um, Mills on the other hand too, he's got three 20 plus fantasy point weeks. Some of those weren't blowouts somewhere, but he's got a pretty easy stacking partner and cooks. Um, I don't know. This is an, an interesting one. We, we only have what nine games on the main slate now, and there's just going to be, everyone's going to be playing Kyler and Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers and Dak. 
everything else is sort of it, it's a pick your poison so i don't mind going to them everyone's cheap on that so like if you did a jaguar stack you can get Devonte adams you can get Najee harris you can get uh deontay johnson on that you can get a george kittle on that team right you can do some things like that and i, I honestly think those are the players you might want to have more than i don't other, outside of aaron Rodgers. I'm looking at, I don't see a quarterback that can throw 350 and four touchdowns. Do you really see one of those on this slate? No, that's why I want Rodgers and cash yeah. and GPP, man. And I, I know what you're saying about the rushing floor. I want that as well, obviously, whenever we can get it. But if you look at Kyler this year, compared to last year, he really hasn't run quite as often. He's really been living more on. He the was hurt for a while. Run. He's good now. But okay, he's good, but you're facing the Lions. Like, I just think it's a point where he's not going to be asked to really put that body in danger more uh, than needed. So, uh, Kyler, I can get it. Josh Allen, he's not listed on the injury report. And okay, he's not wearing a boot around through the play. But again, this is another game against the Panthers, 10 plus point favorite. Like, I think there's a difference in strategy when these teams are facing the Buccaneers trying to make a statement against a fellow Super Bowl contender and then the Carolina Panthers and Detroit Lions. So, you know, it's we're losing a little bit of, of, uh, you know, potential with it. But like you said, man, Rogers, I think has such a higher passing ceiling just about anyone this week that why not get up to him? Get, go down right. to him actually. Before we get to the James Robinson section of the show at, at the running back position. Uh, I want to thank all of you that do watch this live on a Friday afternoon at three o'clock uh, on YouTube or on Roto grinders. If you are on the YouTube, uh, please click the like button. It helps other people find the show. And if you want to get more notifications on everything else here at Roto grinders, feel free to click the subscribe button. Uh, and if you are watching live and perhaps you wanted to get this delivered to your phone at any point later in the week or weekend, uh, you can subscribe to the Roto Grinders Daily Fantasy Football podcast feed and it will get delivered to you uh, on any of your favorite platforms. Uh, all right. Running backs for cash games. The one like it's definitely is there any reason to not play James Robinson like in, in cash game? Can you come up with anything? I can't. No, and I mean, we can talk about the matchup and everything, but I just think the fact that he's going to be like, what, 70% owned in cash games, probably like, all right, just cross it out. He's 5,400, yeah. getting 20 touches, sign me up. So the question is after that, it becomes rather difficult because one, there's just so many, there's some timeshares, there's some questions on who, you know, between Aaron Jones, right? If Aaron Jones is going to get all the work, but I don't really think that's going to happen. You can't run as easy in Baltimore. You've got Najee Harris up at the top. You know, the volume is going to be there for him. You know, he's going to get some pass work. He's good. Probably not going to play Zeke. I don't think I'm going to play Mixon and cash. So at the top, it's probably Najee, but you have, you can piece together, you know, a, I don't even a Miles Gaskin. You can piece together. Do you, do you think this Michael Carter talk of him getting a significant role is that something we can believe? Because he's forty seven hundred. Where do we go after Robinson? Because outside of Harris, it's just a ton of question marks. Basically, completely down the board for for me this week. The thing with Michael Carter, like we got Tevin Coleman coming back as well. And we saw earlier in the year, Michael Carter was taken over, but then Coleman came back and continued to steal away some early down work. It's also the Jets offense. Like it's a similar thing with the Texans. Like what upside are we truly chasing here? Yeah, we have seen the Jets have productive running backs for about two, three weeks, the Mike White era when he was checking the ball down, you know, each and every week like a maniac. So I can't get behind Michael Carter. <sighs> I think Gaskin makes a lot of sense. And that probably would be where I'm willing to go because if we, yeah, paying up a tight end, I, I want to pay up a tight end this week. So I'd rather not get to Najee if we don't need to. Obviously he is going to see his 25 potential touches. Um, I just wonder if we can get something close to that with Gaskin. So honestly, like, Parker at 4.3. He's got, had at least four catches in every game this year. I think he's a fine cash game wide receiver, even before Jalen Waddle is out of the picture. When you remove Jalen Waddle from the equation, I think the two biggest beneficiaries in terms of before and after are Miles Gaskin and probably Albert Wilson. Those will be the guys taking those, what are essentially run plays, like the quick hitting passes they throw to Jalen Waddle. So I think Gaskin, assuming, and he got cleared, so he should be good to go and, you know, without having, their usual depth i do think gaskin in the best spot imaginable against jets league worst defense and fantasy points per game a lot of the running backs um is probably the rb2 play here and then 
Also, maybe Jeff Wilson at 5K, if we see Elijah Mitchell wind up getting ruled out, because that's our guy otherwise, man. If Elijah Mitchell is good to go, I'm putting him in there next to uh, Robinson. Absolutely no questions asked. So keep an eye on the 49ers running backs. Wilson doesn't have the same 30-touch upside as Mitchell. They use Hasty more on passing downs. I think they keep Devo Samuel more involved there when it's Wilson versus Mitchell. But, yeah, if, if Mitchell is good to go, give me him and Robinson. Otherwise, probably going to go down to Gaskin and get up a wide receiver as opposed to chasing Najee. I'm looking to see. Um, let's see. He's still in the concussion. I don't have a Friday report on Elijah Mitchell. So I would guess something on that might pop in the next little bit here. So I'll keep my eye on it because I would agree if he's it's tricky available. He, he was listed as a DMP on Thursday, but they were also saying he was working off the side for the first time in like two weeks. So I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what they rule him as. Uh, let's see. Yeah, nothing. Uh, I see some speculation, but nothing I would call concrete that I want to bring up at this point in time. Uh, All right. So tournament running backs, I had Gaskin listed because I think Devontae Parker, he's like the cheap wide receiver of choice. So like you can get all sorts of leverage, right? I mentioned if you uh, have the stones to play the Jaguars passing game in a tournament, right? You get incredible leverage away from James Robinson. And I don't know if Gaskin's going to garner a ton of ownership by the time it's all said and done, but he might, but in tournaments, he gives you leverage off of Parker, who I think will certainly carry a little bit more ownership than Gaskin will. So he's probably one of my favorite uh, running backs. And I believe last, last week was it last you had a, a few of the like no name, random running backs that ended up having some good games. Have you, you dug into, are you trying to repeat any of those this week? Like a, like a penny uh, or um, uh, who's the, uh, a foreman, any of those guys? Yeah, we did on a couple of those. Again, mentioned Jeff Wilson if Mitchell's out. I think foreman makes some sense. 5.2K. The Steelers' D is just so bad. I can't trust him in cash, though, just because of the potential for game script to rear its ugly head and kind of get the Titans in the pass first mode. And it's just a three-back committee. But tournaments, I think foreman's fine. I would say, though, like maybe the move, if we want to try to differentiate things, there is a lot of value at – like. Britt, like when we're making these lineups, I think the move is usually to kind of go with the five to like the five K range guys and then complement that with a couple stars and a couple scrubs. Yep. Like maybe going up and making lineups that have Najee and Joe Mixon or Patterson and Aaron Jones or Saquon Barkley. Guys at the top that I get it. There aren't like the most clear cut cases for them. You know, with Aaron Jones, we have Dylan there with Cordero Patterson. We have less targets than usual. Joe Mixon, we have the potential for bad game script against the Broncos. We can poke holes in them and it's not ideal for cash but we know all these guys still have 100 plus yard multi-touchdown potential uh, if things turn out right so i think maybe just in general going with more of a pure stars and scrubs approach as opposed to kind of messing around in that middle range with your chalkier robinsons and gaskins uh could be the way to go uh asked for the news and the news has come elijah mitchell not at practice on friday unlikely to play i I saw I saw Dean from uh, here at Roto-Grinders. He tweeted earlier, whoever wins the best ball championships this year is not allowed to speak about how, how great everyone was because this is just, this is absolutely crazy towards the end of the season, all the injuries that are hitting. If you drafted Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup, congratulations. You are on your way to a best ball championship, in my opinion, this year. Uh, let's go to a wide receiver. We were all on Cooper Cup and cash. So let's try to figure this out for the people here. The simple and obvious thing to do for $100 less is pivot from Cup to Devontae Adams, right? Because we're not going to have Cup. I did see uh, Odell just tweeted negative, so I'm assuming assuming that game, whenever it plays, um, you will have uh, Odell in that game. But are we going to go right to Adams, who legitimately has – I almost want to say he has a higher ceiling than maybe a Cooper cup did in this particular game. Cause he is just, he's, he's going to be able to absolutely dice up this Baltimore defense, him and Aaron Rodgers as long as Rogers toe holds out. The only thing we would do is if we didn't make that swap, there's just so many other guys out. Maybe that your headliner becomes Deontay Johnson with the very high target floor, or maybe I don't know. I, I don't, I, I think you got to spend on like Adams this week is, is what I've come down to in the 30 or 45 minutes. I've been looking at this pre-show without Cooper cup in the, 
you know, on the schedule. Yeah. And I think the move in tournaments will be maybe split the difference and go Stefan Diggs with some Josh Allen stacks. And that also gets you off with Gabriel Davis, who we know will be awfully chalky as well. So I, I would imagine most wide receiver cores will be Devonte Adams, Devonte Parker and Gabriel Davis. So maybe I do wonder if Parker is the trap play here, because again, I don't think that Waddle's absence is as good for Parker as everyone's kind of making it out to be like, I don't think that losing Waddle, they're like actively now having Devonte Parker run these shallow crossers and stuff again, probably more so Albert Wilson and miles Gaskin. So if anything, I would probably try to like the bad chalk and cash, I think could be Parker. I'm actually uh, more fine eating the Gabriel Davis um, chalk in this, because if you look at, just the way the Panthers have been playing defense uh, this year. I think sixth highest rate of cover zero or cover one, where they're not giving safety help all the way around. You look at the Bills target rates against that sort of covers this year. Stefan Diggs, number one, Gabriel Davis, number two. So this is what got us on the Cole Beasley um, last week was, you know, looking at the Buccaneers real high rated zone coverages and seeing how he was actually their target leader in that situation when they face more man heavy teams that aren't given that same sort of help over the top, such as the Panthers. Uh, I do think it's an opportunity to get guys like Gabriel Davis and Stefan Diggs on the outside more involved and also just another note last week was the first time all year the Panthers had Stefan Gilmore travel with the opposition's number one receiver so that should be Stefan Diggs meaning Gabriel Davis gets to roast into the number two yeah Gabe Davis does look good I want to throw a couple other guys at you uh a Christian Kirk and AJ Green are we are, are those on it you've got uh St. Brown for the Lions who is back-to-back 12 target games and there's just really no one else to throw the ball to. They stopped throwing to running backs without Swift and uh, Jamal Williams in there. So he's basically getting all of the targets here. Um, Kirk is $100 more than St. Brown. Those are going to be two reasonably popular plays, I think. Who would you want to choose between those two? Probably St. Brown. You mentioned we have the targets. Now Hawkinson's out for the season as well. So if anything, like we're going to see that continue to go to the moon. Um, with Kirk, like – he has the same volume problems that Hopkins had and that everyone else continues to have. Like Kyler has been content to spread the ball around all year round. If anything, I think the biggest beneficiaries from losing Hopkins is going to be uh, Antoine, 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 I don't know, sorry, Wesley at just 3K. He's actually a viable guy that will be out there in three wide receiver sets. Like they don't move Rondale Moore into the starting lineup without Hopkins. They just put Wesley out there and give him truly a full-time role. So from a pure like target standpoint, like no, Wesley's not going to be featured to the same extent that Hopkins was. But last week was the first time all year that Hopkins had double digit targets in a game. So it hasn't been going, you know, well for Kirk or AJ Green really uh, meanwhile either. So if anything, I would say Zach Ertz at tight end becomes something to look extra hard at obviously you know getting up the kittles fine we got Jasicki there but like Jasicki, similar to parker i don't think Jasicki is necessarily getting the big boost from losing waddle i would say that's again going to albert wilson miles gaskin so Ertz could now all of a sudden be the cardinals featured red zone guy we saw the colt mccoy game a couple weeks ago scored two touchdowns like they gave him a rush attempt earlier this year inside the five i think they actually view like zach Ertz as their go-to guy inside the 10 yard line when DeAndre Hopkins isn't in the picture. So out of all the Cardinals this week, man, I actually lean towards Zach Ertz being the best of the group. Um, all right, tournaments. So again, I'll, I'll throw, I'm just trying to find a really good leverage spot. And that would be the Jaguars wide receivers. You've got Marvin Jones, Laquan Treadwell, all of it. Did you have you figured out is Lavishka Chanel? Is he going to be relevant this weekend? Just a couple more injuries and firings <laughs> away, man. Right. And you got your boy James O'Shaughnessy. Uh, he's back in contention at the, at the at the at the Titans. These are just it's a massive leverage play off of the James Robinson shock is yeah. basically what I'm getting at. If you have the stones to do something like that, these aren't for single entry or three entry type of tournaments but if you're playing like the mini max or um you know if the, you're up in the millionaire maker looking for something very different uh, i don't think it's the worst thing in the world we were both on russell gage at 5800 he just seems to be getting all the targets kyle pitts is sort of fading without calvin ridley gage is becoming the new number one target in there and i had adams over cup for gpp leverage but now adams is going to be one of the highest owned wide receivers 
maybe a swerve off of him to an MVS or something like that to get some of that deep play, three receptions, 100 yards, and two touchdowns type game that maybe an MVS can have. Uh, so those are some of my favorite tournament swerves right now, Ian. I think those are all fair. Again, you know, Gage, I'm down to go back to that. Well, I also really like um, potentially, I think, Amari Cooper here, 6.4K. He looked healthier than he had all year last week. You know, we obviously had him on the COVID list, missing extended games, but I think that helped him kind of clean up some of those lower body issues that he was continuing to play through. And it's Cowboys offense. I know Dak was bad last week. Like that fourth quarter interception was absolutely atrocious, but you might be putting a little bit too much stock behind uh, those, you know, PFF's own Seth Galina had a nice thread on Twitter going through like drop back by drop back type of stuff and showing that Dak really wasn't quite as bad as everyone has made him out to be. So he has had far worse splits post calf injury than pre, uh, but I still think this matchup is clean enough. And he has such talented players at wide receiver that even like an 80% version of Dak is still capable of helping guys like Cooper, like CD lamb, get out to some really, really big games. So yeah, man, I think, uh, I think that makes sense. And again, looking at Stefan Diggs as a pivot from Deontay and Devante um, at the top, could also ring true but Britt what about this man because we're looking for these offenses that we're having some confidence in with Elijah Mitchell likely out of the picture Brandon Ayuk and George yeah. Kittle should be getting fed man I know we haven't I know we haven't talked about tight ends yet but when I'm looking at my cash game like if we just had to pick a single player from any team that we know is going to boom isn't George Kittle like probably that guy? Like, should, I, 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 look, I'm, I come to you every single week with some crappy sub 3K tight end that I'm trying to say we should get in there. But with all this value we have at wide receiver and running back now, I do wonder if it would behoove us to really do everything we can to get up there with George Kittle. Yeah, I mean, he's 7,500. If you think of it as a wide receiver, would you rather play Deontay Johnson or George Kittle? Who's going to have more fantasy points this week? I think I'd go with Kittle, man. Only Justin Jefferson has more receiving yards than Kittle since he came back. Like he is, he's been a wide receiver one, basically. Yeah, I think I, he's over 40% target share since he's come back because they're not, they're, they're using uh, Debo as a running back, not as a wide receiver anymore. So it's all funneling to Kittle and Ayuk, and their offense is still doing good. There's no reason to think they would change that up. So I do like, you can make it work to Kittle, right? If you play Davis and Parker, you can get up to a Kittle at tight end. Um, I always have trouble pulling that high end tight end trigger because usually there's a couple cheaper. Um, I think Mike Gusecki's in play at 5,000. I think, well, we're not going to have Dallas Goddard anymore. Um, you know, this, we, I was looking at Gerald Everett. So that 3,500 price tag was pretty nice. I was looking at Tyler Higby at 4,000. I've lost them. So now everything is sort of changing on the fly. I think if I had to choose someone, it would probably be the Gasecki or going all the way up to Kittle at this point in time. Uh, I think your boy, if you're just looking for the absolute cheapest tight end, you can throw, throw at the wall. I mean, Ian, your boy. I mean, he's 30, he's 3,200 on DraftKings. Stop calling him my boy. Okay. <laughs> no, if you really want I'm, to throw I'm something I'm giving you a compliment. Hey, let's look at the other tight end in that game. Brevin Jordan, 2,800, scored a touchdown last week. He's been having the targets. Uh, my guy, Andrew Erickson uh, from PFF, has been selling me a little bit more on Brevin Jordan as the week goes. That's, um, and you know, that would be if you, if you want to just put Kittle in the flex, that'd be what's interesting. Not now we're starting to get into some real strategy talk here because Jordan at 2,800 is truly the cheapest player that you could feel at all good about uh, in this week. So that would kind of be my thoughts there. And, you know, you know, Brick, cause like, here's what, when I'm putting my lineup together, you're right. Cause when you have Kittle there, it, you don't feel good about a spot. You end up having like less than 5k to fill a running back or wide receiver. And there just aren't enough guys there, but I feel great about Kittle and my flex still with Jordan and tight end. It's not great, but you can accept the salary uh, that you're saving elsewhere. And then that really gives you a chance to go up uh, elsewhere. So consider Jordan and Kittle, or to your point, I think to is uh, a more reasonable option in the mid tier as well. Yeah, anything you talked a little bit about Ertz, if his ownership remains low in a yeah. tournament, I think that's perfectly fine. Uh, would you play Mark Andrews if Lamar Jackson isn't starting? 
I mean, last week didn't give us any reason to think that it's that big of a drop-off, at least for Mark Andrews, what he catch all 11 of his targets, I believe, in that monster. Yeah, 11 for 11 for 115 and a tutty. I know the Packers a little bit tougher secondary uh, than, you know, what he was going up against last week in Cleveland. But at the same time, uh, we know Mark Andrews is always capable of popping off. Like, again, this year, the four tight ends have just been producing way more value than even their, uh, you know, position would indicate Kelsey Andrews, Gronk and Kittle. So, you know, maybe having a Mark Andrews, George Kittle, uh, you know, lineup would be the way to go last week. That probably was uh, one of the optimal, um, you know, stackings or not stack, but just optimal lineup would be having Kittle and Andrews out there. So when you look at them, not as tight ends, but as just number one receivers, all of a sudden 7,500, 6,400 isn't quite as steep as we would normally think. Uh, all right, let's uh, let you talk a couple of defenses before we get on out of here for week 15. Uh, it's going to be a fun, fun uh, DFS week, lots on the fly. And I would imagine there's a lot of news that's going to keep coming in over the weekend. So make sure, right, I know um, stuff's updated on PFF all the time, but we've got things like the Blitz show, the ownership report, and all the Sunday morning shows here on Roto-Grinders. Uh, I would advise you to probably tune back in if this is like the last thing you listen to. Uh, because you're going to need some of that stuff Sunday morning. But let's get some defenses in, Ian, and get on out of here. Yeah, I think in cash, cheapest, let's get it. Carolina Panthers, 2,400. They're not giving us those 2K defenses anymore, which is annoying. Uh, but with Carolina, I think when we're looking at these like sub 3K defenses, you're trying, obviously with the defense, you want a good real-life defense. You want them to be at home. You want them to be facing a bad opponent. When we're trying to save money, we usually can't check all those boxes. So at least with Carolina, we get a good real-life defense. Brian Burns and company, Stefan Gilmore, PFF's highest-graded cornerback this year. Like They've been a solid defense. And I know the Bills are a great offense, but the way Josh Allen plays football, it can be Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson-esque at times where he can still have big performances while turning the ball over, while taking sacks and contributing to the Panthers' uh, you know, defensive fantasy production. So I think Carolina all the way down to 2,400 is the cash game D if you just want to save as much money as possible. Uh, just some notes on other kind of running back defensive special team stacks to not forget about. We talked about Miles Gaskin. Don't be afraid to get the Miami defense against Zach Wilson, truly one of the worst quarterbacks in the league, pretty much period, but also uh, just against the blitz specifically, which the Dolphins do more than anyone else. Also Devin Singletary and Buffalo's defense kind of on the other side of things. Uh, when you look at Singletary, he has been dominating usage recently. I know it can go up in the air with these Buffalo Bills guys, but if there was a week for them to focus a little bit more on their running backs, I would think it'd be as a home 10, 11 point favorite, wherever it's at now with a slightly more banged up version of Josh Allen under center. Also got Najee and that Pittsburgh defense. I think that will probably one of my more favorite uh, tournament um, just uh, constructions because, you know, the big path to success for the Tennessee Titans seems to be like handing the ball out to Deontay Foreman in the year 2020. So if that's really the most dangerous thing you got these days, might be a good idea to look at that other squad's defense. And uh, just finally, James Robinson, Jaguars defense against the Texans. I think that makes sense, but he's going to be so chalky that maybe not in tournaments. And finally, Saquon Barkley and his Giants defense against the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are getting right and everything, but we know, Britt, weird things happen in the NFL. Perhaps Dak does stay soft, stay soft for another week. And with Saquon, you know, top 12 RB last week, thanks to that nice little touchdown catch he had there at the end. So when you have these running backs like Saquon, where they do have that 5-10 to 10 catch upside during any given week, can't forget about them in tournament land. All right, that's going to do it for the Week 15 edition. Uh, hopefully some of this information stays relevant for more than the next 30 minutes post show for everyone that watches and listens to it afterwards. Uh, Ian, enjoy your weekend out there in Chicago. Uh, everyone stay safe out there uh, with COVID basically going uh, all across the United States right now, really rampant in the sports world and here in New York uh, as well. I just saw an update on that. Uh, other than that, Ian, thanks for doing the show. Thanks to everybody for listening, watching, downloading, however you take this in. Uh, for Ian on Brit, and we out you.